Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the finals, they're set. Can the Celtics complete the greatest turnaround in NBA history? Big perk with a big take coming your way. Plus, the heat they flamed out last night. Was this a season of failure? One of their key players says yes, but what does Richard Jefferson say? What? And the Warriors, they're back where they belong in the NBA Finals. Here from Golden State live as they prepare for their sixth finals appearance in eight years. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, and we're talking dynasties. It's old school versus new school in the finals. The Celtics, they were the original dynasty, dominating from 1957 to 1969. And the Warriors, they're the new blood. They won four titles, three titles, excuse me, in four years. This is their sixth conference finals appearance in eight years. But the actual players, these Warriors, they have 123 collective finals games under their belt. But the Celtics? They have zero. So I am joined today by Richard Jefferson, but we all care that Chanae Agumake from the LA Sparks. I missed you guys. I missed you. Oh, you're talking about them. I miss you, you guys, the audience, and all okay. of our family out there, NBA Today family, but I miss you and. And then he's here. Yeah, he's here. Well, Kendrick Perkins and Zach Lowe, who is kind enough to stop by before he's going to his Memorial Day barbecue, they'll be by in just a bit. But I want to start with the Celtics, who showed out last night. Let's listen in to what they had to say after the game. And the Boston Celtics will go to the NBA Finals. It feels good. This is some of our fourth time in the conference finals, my third time. And to get over the hump with this group, it means everything. The road that we took to get here, you know, not a lot of people believed in us. We took the toughest route and uh, it worked out. All the adversity, all the struggles, the losses, the wins, everything that we finally got to this moment makes it that much more special. Oh man, just finally, you know, to be able to get over that hump and have a chance to make it to the NBA Finals. You know, I've been here four years in the Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, I've, I've been sent home every year after, so it feels really good. The Celtics, they had a historic turnaround this season. Boston was 20 and 21 halfway through the year. They became the first team in the last 40 seasons to reach the NBA Finals after being under 500 at the midway point. So, Chanae, it's been a while, my friend. So, let's start with you here. That stat, that, that the first team to be under 500 and come back and Crazy. make this point in 40 years, that's wild. But let's talk about the eye test a little bit. Okay. What stood out to you from the Celtics here? I know we can just talk about how the stars have arrived, especially with Jason Tatum just really showing up and showing out. But I want to take the big picture approach because I haven't been here in a while. And I really think that this is a new era for the NBA. I mean, you have the stars showing up in the biggest moments in the Eastern Conference Finals in those two. But you look at the big picture. We had a great playoffs with Luka Doncic. We had a great playoffs. Even though John Morant missed the last three, he had moments over the course of the season. It 
feels like, I don't want to say it's a passing of the baton because the Warriors continue to yeah. reload, but right now we're seeing a lot of the young players that we have said, all right, we'll see what you do in the playoffs, show up. And I've been really impressed at this transitional moment for the NBA. No, I, I think I, I agree with what you're saying. Watching this Boston Celtics team do it and watching them grind. The one thing that I've watched when I looked at this team is how they are doing it. They are doing it when they're shooting under 39%. They are doing it when they shoot 25% from three, they're winning games. So they're doing it in a very like aggressive yet ugly way. And that's what gives me optimism is because you've seen 25 point blowouts. You've seen, you know, first quarter leads. But ultimately what has impressed me most from Boston is they haven't lost back-to-back -back games in the postseason so whenever they lose a game they show back up and they bring what they need to bring to get the job done but I want to see them put together back-to-back -to -back wins yeah don't be greedy don't be greedy I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna they don't need to do that we're gonna look at the silver lining <laughs> uh, yeah, in this. okay it, yeah Let, let's bring in some guys who've had high praise for the Celtics this season can I call them the big and little leprechauns Kendrick Perkin and Zach which Lowe? one's which <laughs> You guys have been on the Celtics since the start of the playoffs. So what's your biggest takeaway from them, starting with Big Leprechaun? And I'll specify, that's Perk. You know what? The biggest takeaway for me is Ime Udoka, right? A first-year head coach. Think about it. Brad Stevens had this same team and couldn't get over the hump. So what that tells me is, is that a different voice in the locker room that's a former player get different results. Being able to hold guys accountable. When you see a team play defense the way that the Celtics play defense, that's a reflection of the coach. When you have a team bounce back for us dealing with adversity and not losing back-to-back -back games this postseason, that's a reflection of the coach. Calling them out in film session, things to that nature. And then you look at Marcus Smart, his leadership role, being the point guard, being the facilitator, actually being the X factor in this postseason, a defensive player of the year who's been the on-the-court leader. Those are my two biggest takeaways, but I feel like we overlook it, Ime Udoka, and what he has brought to the table. So I just want to acknowledge him right now at the moment, and he is my biggest takeaway in this postseason for the Boston Celtics. Zach? Boston has been the best team in the league since mid-January. I picked them in every playoff series so far. They went through Durant, Giannis, and a tough-as-nails Miami team. And yet, they kind of feel like a teensy, teensy bit of a mystery. Highest turnover rate in the conference finals. Some really sloppy turnovers. Bucks took them to seven without Chris Middleton. Heat took them to seven with all sorts of injury problems, including the sixth man of the year, not playing the last three games, basically. Rob Williams looked immobile in game seven against Miami. If there's one team you can't be immobile against, it's the Warriors. They almost blew a historic collapse last night. I mean, that would have been like the worst loss in the history of basketball, basically. <laughs> Do you trust them all the way as good as their record? And Perk, co-sign the email. Do okay, shout out. I want to shout out Al Horford, yes. year 15, yes, absolutely. finally making the finals. Absolutely beloved teammate, yep. great player. And although he shot only two of nine last night, his defense at the rim and his rebounding were essential for Boston. Shout out Al Horford. How about this? 141 playoff games, 15-year career for Al Horford. That's the longest streak without making to the finals up until this point, Richard. Well, no, and what's so impressive about him is, like, go back. He won two national championships at Florida. Mm. This man went to Atlanta and turned them into a perennial Eastern Conference force. Al Horford has been just a winner mm -hmm. his entire life. And there's been multiple times where he's lost 
lost against LeBron James and had some tough losses when he was down there in Atlanta. And look, and some he, pit stops. And some pit stops. <laughs> but but what I'm saying though is some of the pit stops, like the OKC, was more of like a, a money move. It wasn't yeah. because they didn't think he knew how to play. And what Boston did, in my in my opinion, is they brought back a person that had a positive voice in the locker room that they felt still had something to give. And when mm. you watch Al Horford play, he's not Al Horford from five, six years mm -hmm. ago. Probably not Al Horford from three years ago. But he plays with an energy and a force like this is my last chance. Yep. This is my last opportunity with a great group. So all the flowers to Al Horford. You have been a, an outstanding ambassador for this league for the last 15 years. Well, and even looking at the box score, what he does, it, it doesn't even translate to here. It's all the little things, all the intangibles that he does as well. But let's talk about the tangibles. It's only fitting that the inaugural Larry Bird Trophy for the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, it went to a Celtic. And I love some good symmetry there. But was Jason Tatum your choice? Zach, Captain Casual, I will start with you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a voter, but yeah, I think I would have voted for Jason Tatum because he was the best player on the Celtics. Ultimately, Jimmy Butler at his best was the most dominant player in the series, but he was invisible for three of seven games. Ended up averaging about the same amount of points as Tatum, almost exactly the same. It's just hard to vote a player the MVP of a seven-game series when for almost half of it, for good reason. He was injured. He was clearly not himself. He was MIA. So I respect Tim Bontemps voting for Jimmy Butler. I Me think that's too. a gutsy vote, and it's not it's not it, it's not wrong. But I would have gone with Tatum. Kendrick. No, oh, I'm right there with you. I would have gone with Tatum. But look, I wouldn't have been mad if Jimmy Butler would have won for the simple fact he wasn't just the most dominant player in this series. He was the best player in this series. And I'm just going back to one game and one game only. Game six, that was an epic performance. When you talk about wearing the Miami Heat jersey and getting, paired to, getting compared to a guy like LeBron James, putting on that type of performance in a hostile environment. Matter of fact, add him into the Michael Jordan conversation. The only two guys in playoff history to have over 40, 40 points and four steals. Like Jimmy Butler, the way that he carried this team with really absolutely no consistent help was a was a beautiful thing to see. And the fact that he was able to get a 41 piece in the, in this series, 47 and a 35, we're talking about a Celtic defense that is arguably one of the best defensive teams that we've seen in NBA history in the postseason. Yeah, and to almost be one shot away from making some real yep. noise and getting to the finals. And I feel like when you have this is what really hurts mm -hmm. me because when you're getting those comparisons of like the LeBron, you know, um, Miami Heat comparison. I did. I still, okay. of course, you know, I'm okay. season, but I still got it. When you're getting those types of comparisons, yes, you've done something amazing. But for me, I know you're supposed to put this in the context of exactly this round, right? This Eastern Conference Finals. But I just look at Jason Tatum overall. He's doing exactly what you asked. A lot of people the past few years have said his game is growing, but does it help the team? Well, his team won, and they won consistently. If you look at who they, you know, took down, um, obviously the Heat in seven, the Bucks and seven. I know there are some minuses here on players that were not available. The Nets, KD, Kyrie. He got the win versus those guys that were available, and those guys are studs and stars. And so I like his development of his game where he's learning how to make winning plays on both ends, and his team won. So I am not mad at this. I feel like I wish, shout out to Victor Solomon, you could like sort of rip it into him and be like, hey guys, like both of y'all get bling. Of course. But we all know, uh, I'm perfectly comfortable based on the um, 
overall one through seven versus maybe the last six or seven where a lot of people saw Jimmy do his thing. Yeah, and look, the reason why they're here is because Jason Tatum has played enough like a superstar. It hasn't been for all seven games of every series. It hasn't been throughout this entire postseason, but the definition of a superstar is when you need him most, he shows up. That's it. There is no other definition that you can always eat. When you need your superstar most, does he show up? Now, in my opinion, Jason Tatum has been the best player in the Eastern Conference for, for this postseason, but Jimmy Buckets, we know he was having a special performance. I still look at Jason Tatum having more support, which allowed him to go do what he needed to do, but that's it. That's the postseason. We can't do all the breaking down. He was the stud. He deserved it, but Jimmy, if there was ever a person to get a heck of a second place, it would be him. Our, our colleague Tim Bontemps, he was the only one who voted for Jimmy Butler. So you're looking down the list, Tatum, 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 Tatum one Butler. I'm not mad and about I, it. I'm not mad about I'm it. Not, I me respect me. that. I am not mad about that. If he would have won, I mean, I, I, I would have been totally okay with it. All right, speaking of James Buckets, let's take a look at his Game 7 performance here because the question, Richard, going into this game, so many people were evoking the bubble, how he left it all out there in Game 5, and in Game 6, he just didn't quite have enough. He was out there every second laying it all out on the line, making bucket after bucket. Well, this is the thing. When you look at his performance, you got to go back and look at KD versus the Bucks last year. You go look at some of these epic LeBron James runs where he was playing 47 total minutes and doing everything. And even this shot right here, I had people like, what do you think of this shot? I love it. Same. Why? I love this shot. And this is why. You know who takes that shot? Steph Curry. You know who takes that shot? KD. You know who takes that shot? All great players that believe that they can knock that down and Jimmy has that same mindset and I'm 100% okay with and him. And he was in that it. zone. He was in that zone. Shoot, I, there was nobody else I wanted to take that shot. We're going to get into that shot a little more in just a moment, but first let's hear from Jimmy on the shot heard around the world. My thought process was go for the win, which I did. Um, missed a shot, but uh, I'm taking that shot. Uh, my teammates like the shot that I took, so I'm living with it. I thought it would have been an incredible storyline, you know, Jimmy to, to pull up and hit that three, and I thought it was, I love that about Jimmy. That was the right, the right look. Um, and I just thought, as it was leaving his hand, I thought for sure that was going down. He wasn't the only one. A lot of folks thought it was going down. He put his name in record books these playoffs. He had four 40-point games through the postseason. That's the most by any Heat player in a single that's, postseason that's crazy. in franchise history. <laughs> and there have been a lot of greats who played for the Heat. So it was a three that was heard around the world. We just heard Richard and Shanae say they were totally okay with that mm -hmm. shot. Perk, how about you? Oh, I was okay with it. Look. Jimmy played 48 minutes, right? And, and and the Heat struggled so much in the half-court set that I think even he knew that. I didn't, I'm not saying he knew that as he was walking into the shot, mm. but at the end of the day, the Boston Celtic defense had them so looking mm -hmm. so bad. I made my kids close their eyes every time <laughs> the Heat had it in the half-court set on because I didn't want them picking up bad habits. But look, what Jimmy Butler reminds us of in this series is that not to overreact in the regular season. Let's wait till the postseason because Jimmy Butler is a postseason player, and what he reminded us of is that he's a top-ten player 
in the NBA, and there's no debate about it. I can't name 10 players that's better than Jimmy Butler. When you rise to the when you rise to the occasion and put up the type of numbers and the performances he did throughout these playoffs, you cannot do nothing but tip your hat and notice that he's a top 10 player in the NBA. Zach? I can't fault the shot. I mean, let's break it down. You're down two, so you can't hold for the last shot. Yep. Al Horford is kind of set. He's not backpedaling anymore. So let's say Jimmy takes it inside. He's probably going to be getting like a 12, 13 fit floater fadeaway or something. Yeah, that's probably like a 40% shot compared to the 30% shot or 25% shot that he took. But that shot is to win the game. Even if he makes that 40% shot, Boston still has the last shot, so you have to defend them. If you do that successfully, you're going to overtime. Mm -hmm. Boston's the better team overall. Jimmy Butler's played every second of the game. I can't believe how much vitriol there is at this shot. I understand Jimmy not Butler's not a great three-point shooter, but he's been shooting it well, but he's been shooting it well <laughs> in the playoffs. I don't mind going for the win right there mm -hmm. in that situation. I think that's a totally fine yeah, shot. Yeah, you, you, that's what you do. You go for that shot. He yeah. hit one earlier in the first half, right from that other wing. It was and beautiful. I, I haven't finished the Avengers Challenge. Like, when I have time, when my season's over, I'll finish watching all the movies in consequential order. But he, ever since game six, he's been in Endgame. And when you yeah. played every minute of yeah. every game, you know that. You know what? In OT, I'd rather just this end it why, right here. And this, is why you don't want, this is why you don't want to play your guys 48 minutes. We remember Kevin Durant being fatigued in that overtime of, the, of game seven. Again, I understand you can't take your player out. And this is the bad position that teams get put in. But at the end of the day, that's the only chance. But you want to give them three, four minutes minutes of rest so that last second shot doesn't but come but given up the short. circumstances yeah, of no it, we're not mad at it not because mad at that it. was in rhythm in flow he was in Whoa. end game he felt like he could make it that mm -hmm. was probably the best shot they would have gotten well and you can hear the Celtics players after the game saying we thought it was going in mm -hmm. we were all holding our breath there was no one who was on that opposing team who thought oh yeah we'll live with that shot they didn't want to give that up either mm -hmm. he just came up a little bit short all right we're not done talking about this though gentlemen and Cheney who I'm so glad is back coming up on NBA today Kyle Lowry he called the season a wasted year but what does our panel think big perk he made a big proclamation before the finals about jason tatum has the celtic star already cemented his legacy plus you see what i'm going to do here the lakers they're going ham with their new hey uh, is darvin the right we going ham. NBA today rolls on after the break uh, and by the way guys not funny we are wait it is funny Very we're funny. waiting for steph curry he's going to be speaking live momentarily oh, I he's gonna, gonna come sit on the down show. right there you're not gonna come on the show come on stay later on. this week come on, Wardell. later this week he'll be on the show nba today continues right, we're just on showing this. a blue screen it's we're just now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. I'm going to get straight to it, okay? I don't, no interruption. Jason Tatum, look, you have a chance to have one of the greatest individual runs in NBA history. You already then gave a spanking to Kevin Durant. 
You already gave a spanking to the best player in the league and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now you're going against the Miami Heat, who's the number one team in the Eastern Conference. You get past this and then you go up against a Luka Doncic or Steph Curry, no one can tell you nothing. And guess what? Somebody in that top 75, greatest player of all time, gonna have to move to the side, my brother. I don't think it worked that way. A, I, I, don't tell me how it worked. It's gonna work how I want it to work. And this is how it's gonna work. JT, handle your business. If only all things could work the way that Kevin yeah. Perkins wants them to work. Welcome back to NBA Today. So that was way back on May the 17th. Big Perk with some big words for mm -hmm. Jason Tatum. But Perk, now that Tatum is in the finals, how would completing this journey, what would that mean for his legacy? <laughs> oh, it, it would mean everything. You know what? It would put him at a different table with a whole lot of other greats that has done a lot of great things in the postseason. When you think about it, like I said before, he pulled out his designer belts, he gave a spanking to KD and Kyrie with a Gucci, and then he gave a spanking to Giannis with the Louis, and then he gave a spanking to Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat. Give me another designer belt right now, Malika, because I done ran out of them, but it was a <laughs> designer belt. He gave them a spanking. Don't give him that and word. now he going to Steph Curry. Not Richard, shut up. Now he's going to Steph Curry. Now he's going into the Bay. If he go in there and do handle his business and put Steph Curry over his right knee and give him a spanking, he's sitting at a whole different table. Like I said, somebody in that top 75 is going to have to move on over because just this finals run alone, tell me one that has been better than a Jason Tatum finals run than who he had to go through. Who's sitting at that table? It sounds like you're saying he's sitting at a table of goats. Who is he sitting with if he if he completes this? Malika, don't act crazy. You know the goats. You know the goats that's sitting I'm, at the table I, that didn't have historical sure. final runs. I'm just making like, I'm just sure saying, we're saying I'm just the saying, same thing. I'm, I, I'm just I'm just saying when you think of guys like magic we saw the, the special finals run he had oh, he when Kareem went out and he had to go to the oh would you shut up and let me finish please it's a holiday Listen, let's be nice the great finals run no nah, I know but that that's like one of those tables that's what I'm saying you okay. know what I'm saying Malika Andrews you're not crazy I'm picking up what you're throwing down Kendrick Perkins but he said he's gonna be sitting at a table with God he's a he's a young goat right what are, what are your little goats called kids I think that's right Kendrick Perkins thank you kids, let's, are they, really? it's kids. they are let's let's bring some sanity back into the conversation with you. today it has been a while since we've had a cheat sheet. So I need some answers on the Celtics and the Warriors. What are you focused on this series, Shanae? Let's go. I'm back with the cheat sheet, and this one is to preview the NBA Finals. And I know that we'll be talking about the offense, considering that we just gave out the Conference Finals MVP inaugural trophies. But don't let that fool you. The 2022 NBA Finals will be won on the defensive end. So here's what you need to know, thanks to my favorite producer, Cesar. The Celtics and the Warriors are the two best defenses in the NBA. And every important defensive category from defensive efficiency to holding opponents to their fewest assists and points, you name it, like Oprah, right? You name it, you name it. They put the clamps on it. So here are the elite defenders that are going to be featured starting Thursday night on ABC. So roll me my tape, y'all missed it. Roll me my tape, producer Kwaku, baby. Oh. Starting with the Time Lord, Robert Williams III, 7'6 wingspan, second team, all defensive, still able to close out, even though he might be dealing with a little knickknack still. The 
effort is there. Let's talk about his teammate, the reigning defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. Uh, just really impressive his ability to get his hands on the ball here and still stay within the play and force a miss. So we all know that's what he brings. And he's also bringing a dash of offense as well. But let's talk about another defensive player of the year. This time, two, you know, second team all defensive this year. If he was healthy, he might be in the conversation with Marcus. Max. Being able to close out and hold down the center position. There's going to be defenders left, right, up, down, you name it. But here's why all of this matters, okay? The Celtics, they were the only team to hold the Warriors under 100 points per game during the regular season. But the Warriors are undefeated at home this postseason 9-0. So clearly, Malika, defense will be the reason why one of these teams will get the first dub in the NBA Finals, okay? Y'all miss my puns? No. Wow! <laughs> Thank you, you so much. You started with today. a pun today. Let's bring Zach Lowe back into the conversation, and I have to say, wow, Zach, really? In the LED, this the T-shirt it really stands out. Zach, you predicted this matchup before the playoffs even started, largely due to each team's defensive acumen. Chanae just broke it down, but what sticks out to you defensively in this matchup? Let's start with Boston, the best defense in the league this year. Their transition defense might be the best in the league precisely because they're so big and switchable. They don't need to worry about who's guarding who. I got to find that matchup. And against the Warriors, you better believe you need a good transition defense. They're also really adaptable. They can switch against Miami. They decided to start dropping back on defense. They did that really well. And you've got to be adaptable against the Warriors who can attack you in so many different ways. Flipping sides, Golden State, Draymond Green, point blank, still the best defensive player in the NBA when the chips are down. He's the quarterback, he's communicating, and against the Dallas Mavericks, Luka hunted Steph and Jordan Poole everywhere they went. The Celtics will probably do some similar stuff. And the Warriors, Steph held his own. They helped in the paint against Luka, made him see a lot of bodies because they trusted their help, trusted their rotations, trusted everybody being in the right place at the right time, trusted Wiggins to do mm. good on-ball defense Preach. and Draymond to have everyone else flying around. These are the two best defenses in the NBA. And by the way, Miami was fourth, <laughs> Dallas was seventh. Just a reminder, even in the era of offensive explosion and threes, yeah. you still got to be a damn good defensive team to win the whole thing. Absolutely. Zach, Richard is going like this to me as you were talking, so I'm going to say thank you to you. Yeah, I'm ready for my segment. Everybody got to this off my segment. You know what this is called? All of my instincts are telling me, don't walk over don't there. Do don't, don't do it. Don't do it. This is fight or flight, don't and it's telling me to run. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring I don't know what superlatives mean, but we're going to figure Arizona, this out. Arizona right there. Arizona. Four categories. You can see them right here. I mm -hmm. want you to drag a player to the one that you think fits. Sinead just broke it down. I want to start with the defensive difference maker. Let's okay, so there. this is a defensive. And that's going to get a little all over the place, but stay with me. So defensive... Williams, right? And this is why. If you can stop the Warriors from shooting threes, you get on top of them, you force them down, that's where the shot blocking comes in. And that's where he becomes special. Now, this is where it gets a little weird, right? We're going to skip over and we're going to go to the bench X factor. And oh. why are we going to go to the bench X factor? Because if Robert Williams and the Warriors are the best in NBA history at eliminating bigs, you just don't play them against the Warriors because they can't. So they're the best. So then who has to step up? Got to be Graham. Right? His brother. His brother from another mother, Grant 
Williams has to step up, and he has been impressive. To me, he has been one of the singular most impressive players this postseason. Not a lot of people knew about him, but hitting big threes, game seven against the Bucks, he was absolutely outstanding. So if he can't do what other bigs can't do, then you take him out, you put Grant Williams. Now he's going to be forced to play Steph, Clay, do all the switching. He's your small kind of piece that you can go. But top individual performance, it's time for the Warriors. This is why. We're going to go to my guy, Clay Thompson, and this is why. I'm going to talk about top individual performances. When Clay scores over 25 points, they're three and one. So I would compare him to the Jalen Brown. But when Jalen Brown scores over 25, they're only two and three. So that means when Clay has a good game, the Warriors are winning. They're winning 75% of the time. And then my finals MVP. That's what we're going to. It is going to be right here. Yes. My guy, Steph. I think this is a big game for Steph. And this is why. These Warriors team, we don't talk about it, but there is something to prove. There is something to prove. There was a lot of conversation after they lost the 3-1 lead. And then Kevin Durant goes there. Then Kevin Durant leads. So there's a lot of conversation. And even when they were able to beat Houston without Kevin Durant, they were saying, this one's special. This one, this win feels different. Because there was a lot of people knocking their success that it was like, yo, the deck was so loaded. The only way you guys were going to even lose is if people got hurt. And that's how they ended up losing. Because that was the only way they could get be beat. So I think Steph, Clay, Draymond, when we talk about cementing their full-on dynasty with these core guys that started it, were drafted there, and really did everything, that's how they want to do it. So I think that they're going to be more focused than the young boys that are there for the first time. Experience matters, and yes, we're going to get into that a little bit in just a bit. But it all gets started Thursday at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on ABC and ESPN Radio with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics taking on Steph, Clay, Dre, and the Warriors. Our Game 1 coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 8.30 Eastern. Coming up. On NBA Today, the heat is off in Miami, but what are the biggest question marks heading into the offseason for Butler's Bunch? We'll answer that. So this is how we do it. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. don't know how many more opportunities you will have to get back to this. I wish I would have been able to play a little bit better at a higher level, but I didn't. Lowry blocked by Tatum. Lowry for three. Rims out. And another Miami turnover. And honestly, it was a waste of a year. They only play to win championships. You know, I appreciate the guys, my teammates, and I appreciate the opportunity, but you're not playing for a championship. You're not, you know, winning a championship is a waste of a year. Dang, the music. Uh, welcome back to NBA Today with Richard Chenay, Zach, and Perk. All right, the Heat, understandably dejected after falling a game short of the NBA Finals. Kyle Lowry described it as a wasted year. Richard, do you agree? Yes. And I, I agree. Wow, right. I, I, I don't agree that it was a waste of time. I, I agree that these individuals had one goal, one goal, and 
one Kyle shot Lowry, one opportunity. I mean, we're not going to go all <laughs> Eminem on that. one shot. But I'm just saying, like, Kyle Lowry went to the Miami Heat to win a championship. And truth be told, if he was healthy, if, 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 um, uh, what's his name? Tyler Hero. Hero was healthy. Jimmy. Do you, Jimmy was, like, and again, that's part of the thing. So they're going to look at it and not say we weren't good enough, that we didn't have enough talent. It was just we were unfortunate in some of the things that went down. So, like, yes, if you are a competitive player, and I've seen LeBron James get emotional after we won a championship, I've seen him get emotional after we lose a championship. There is only win, and that is it. Now, this is professional sports. Don't go out to the little league kids and don't start getting on the YMCA parents. Don't start doing that. For professional sports, for a guy like Kyle Lowry who's won a championship with this type of organization, that's why he went there. So a wasted year from the sense of a missed opportunity. I hear you from, like, the interaction athlete in us but not really stop. so my answer is like yeah Richard but no just because if you look at the overall East I mean they were dealing with a lot of real contenders that even bolstered themselves after the NBA trade deadline you look at the Sixers who feel like really this was a wasted no, year they know uh, they don't compare them to Philly first of all I'm gonna list everybody because you look at the East uh, Giannis and the Bucks you look at Katie Kyrie and potentially whatever could have added with Ben Simmons there was a, like the East was where the conversation was at competitively and so so yes, you are at the top. Yes, you expect to win you're in, when you're in that position. And I think it's easy to feel like, oh my gosh, all is lost because you were one shot, one game away. But if you look at the way that these other teams stacked up, they have to be proud of no. their effort. No, no, wait. Yeah. We're, 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 okay, okay. You have to be proud of your really? effort if you're the Miami Heat. Really, really quick, Janae. Of okay. all those teams that you just mentioned, yeah. how many of them were pushing in the same direction all season long? I would say the Miami Heat. I would say Milwaukee. the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. I would say the Milwaukee Bucks. The no, Celtics, 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 the Celtics got that's there. A, half of the year is well, a long time. Is, don't yeah. compare Brooklyn. Don't compare Philly. Those two teams were not pushing in the same direction My point is that they were contenders, and they're going to feel like it's a wasted year. I feel like the Miami Heat, if you, look, if you look at how they competed, you have to be proud of your effort. They went up against some really dominant teams in the playoffs. I'm not surprised that, you know, they lost because the Celtics had a great, you know, overall game plan but and Jimmy Butler was heroic but if you look at this overall situation I think that the Heat have a lot to be proud of and they're probably <laughs> they're probably one small or large piece away from being right back at or have it. Zach have Adam I don't know what's going on on the show today. You got oh, RJ talking about Little League. Perk <laughs> is spanking people with designer belts. I've got no idea what's happening today. Well, you're sure we also have no idea what's Lowry happening I, I, I get what Kyle Lowry is saying, and I get what his personal expectations are, but to me, this season is a rousing success for the Thank Miami you. Heat. Thank there you, was Zach. some skepticism around the league about the Heat. Oh, will their half-court offense score enough in the playoffs? No. Is their second-best player, even their first-best player, good enough to make it over the hump and all of that? And with Jimmy Butler hampered for half this series, with the sixth man of the year who averaged 20 points a game, out for essentially the last three games with Kyle Lowry dealing with a hamstring issue that clearly limited him. They still, A, got here, and B, forced the Celtics, the best team in the league for the last four months, to fight for their absolute lives Thank down you. to the end of the game. And, and their defense, once Kyle Lowry came back as limited as he was, he's still a way better defender than Gabe Vincent, way more switchable. Once he came back, 
their defense was as advertised. Boston had to work for every bucket. So, yeah, they fell short. <laughs> but to me, the Heat to get within one game of the finals, that's a good season. It's a successful season. And they proved some of their critics wrong. Richard is writing on a piece of paper like it's a ransom note. No, no participation, participation. So, like, trophies. Every, every team's a failure. I kind of feel you, like you the MVPs of each conference are both sort of. Well, okay, I have feelings about that. But anyways, Perk, go ahead. Oh, he looks confused. He's been confused. <laughs> he looked confused. He's been confused since no, I used no. The term no, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not confused. I'm just mad that Richard just keep interrupting everybody and not letting them finish their point. Like when you're talking, we're letting you talk it? without you without interrupting you. Eh. Can you show the same respect? That's <laughs> okay, the first Zach. thing. Second of all, second of all, I agree with Shanae and Zach that this was not a wasted season for the Heat. You don't get one game away from the finals with the adversity that they had to deal with, meaning half of their roster being injured. You you put in a guy, Max Strauss, to come, Strews to come in and provide a spark for you. You you rolling with a kid like Martin doing a crucial playoff run. To me, the Heat got a chance to evaluate people, especially starting at the top with Jimmy Butler. Now that he could go into the offseason saying, can Jimmy Butler lead us to a championship? And the answer is yes. If they go out there and get him a reliable number two, and when I say a reliable, not with Bam brought to the table, I'm talking about a reliable number two like a Bradley Bill. A Bradley Bill alongside a Jimmy Butler, okay. that he definitely could get to the uh, NBA championship. That's Here, all I'm telling you. You can fix why, your face how you want to, Richard. Here's how why I, I, I kind of get where Richard's coming from here. P.J. Tucker is 37 years old. Kyle Lowry, 36. Jimmy, 32, still on the younger end. We know that Max Struess uh, and and Bam are both in their 20s still, but even Kyle will say it. You know, this is something where their time is not necessarily on Time's their side. Of the essence. Sorry, Thank I had you, to. Janae, that was perfectly put. But since but you brought sorry. it up, Perk, let's help spin this forward by bringing in ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks and talk a little bit about what moves they can actually make because the Heat, they pulled off two complicated side and trades in recent years. They acquired Jimmy Butler from Philadelphia, Kyle Lowry from Toronto. After falling short of the finals this postseason, what is the biggest move Miami can make, Bobby? Malika, I think it comes down to math. I don't want to be a downer on this segment as far as saying what the heat Too options late. are, but when you look at $96 million that's guaranteed with Bam, um, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry, um, that leaves you with $40 million in contracts to mm. try to cobble together and go out and put a, a deal together. And P.J. Tucker has a player option, so he's not involved in anything. And what's the value of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero? That only gets you to $22, $23 million in, in salary here. So for a guy to go out and get a guy like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine, certainly would take those teams to other teams to cooperate. I just don't see Miami having enough pieces mm. to go out and do another blockbuster trade. And remember, when they did the Jimmy Butler trade, they had gone, they were coming off a season of being in the lottery. Yep. Kyle Lowry was after they lost in the, uh, in the first round. And this is a team that was four points away from going to the conference finals. So, I mean, the NBA finals. So don't overreact, right? Evaluate the roster. I think there are a couple minor tweaks. And it all comes down to health. It comes down to health of, of Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. Well, you mentioned Tyler Hero, so let's talk about him. He won sixth man of the year, averaged 21 in the regular season, but his postseason production, it just wasn't the same when the Heat needed him most. Struggled through a groin injury. As we look towards Hero's rookie extension this summer, he was valuable coming off the bench. He proved he could start when necessary. Will the Heat be pushed to pay Hero starter money, let's say? 
Well, here's the thing. Tyler Hero is not Bam Adebayo who's going to get a max extension here. And max extensions usually happen with the first week of free agency here. And I think we're going to see a long, drawn-out process. And if there's a deal to be reached, there's always has to be a compromise. So what's starter money? Is it the four years, $90 million that Mikhail Bridges got last year um, in, in Phoenix here? Is it four years, $75, $78 million? what Joe Harris got in, in, um, in Brooklyn. The, the hero has no leverage in these negotiations. The Heat are not competing against anybody, mm -hmm. just the clock. So I think this goes down to you know mid-October if there's a deal to be reached. Oh. I don't see this happening right away, but I think it all depends on as far as, as you said, what is starter money for a guy who's comfortable coming off the bench? Bobby Marks, thank you so much for putting all of that into perspective for us. We are not done, though, talking about the Celtics and Miami. Still ahead, how the late great Kobe Bryant had an impact on last night's Celtics Heat Game 7 and what player embodies that Mamba mentality. NBA Today, we will be right back. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Game 7, the most powerful and profound words. It's simple, folks. The winner of this one gets a trip to San Francisco in the NBA Finals. Who will prosper tonight? How about the start by the Boston Celtics facing a game seven? They've responded. Jimmy Butler keeping the heat within striking distance. Celtics keeping Miami at arm's length. It's Tatum fires Butter. Butler for the lead. Missed it. And the Boston Celtics will go to the NBA Finals. They complete a wire-to-wire -wire victory. How about them down So the Warriors roster, I said it earlier in the show, 123 games of collective NBA Finals experience. Wow. Celtics, zilch, zip, nada, none, nunca. That's the largest gap in Finals experience since the Bulls versus the Jazz. That was in 1997. So a huge gulf in terms of experience here. Why are you sitting like that? I don't know why I would say I was look weird. It made me very yeah. uncomfortable. Oh, I have to ask, all right, Rich, I'm going to start with you. How much is experience going to factor into these playoffs, do you think? I think a good good amount. I, I think you understand, especially about the two days in between, the travel back and forth from San Francisco to Boston, how you're getting
getting your sleep, how you're resting. There's so many things that people don't understand. I remember taking Tylenol PM at five in the morning after game six, just trying to get some sleep because you play at a later time on the Eastern, on, on Eastern Standard, then you travel, so your clock is all messed up. So when you have experience, it just allows you to get into your rhythm, your system, understanding the, the Super Bowl media day, very similar to the NBA Finals media day. There's so much attention and all of the hoopla that comes with it, when you've been through it, it's a little bit easier to focus on basketball. Yeah, I, I agree. I think obviously, you know, experience always helps you, mm -hmm. no matter what the circumstance. So I would say that the Warriors have to feel good, especially starting at the Chase Center where they're undefeated so far in the playoffs. The but you look at, you look, uh, yeah, you look at the Celtics, they're seven and two on the road. So I feel like they're not fearful as well. But I do think in every circumstance, experience helps. Um, there's a, I think we're going to get to a later on prediction, so I won't spill my own tea because I actually have one. But I look at this Warriors team and it's sort of like they're happy to be here because they know they've worked to be here. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. But they started off well. It looks like they're ending well. Both teams are playing their best basketball. The experience will help. But I also think there's something to youthful exuberance. Like the way that these games mean so much to what you see from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Al Horford, there's that side as well. So I do think it's, it's, a, it's a bit of both for both ends. Kendrick, you've been a champion. What do you think? Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think... I just think it depends on what team you're on. I'm not about to over-exaggerate over or dig too deep into experience because I was on the Boston Celtic team uh, with a lot of veteran guys that didn't have championship experience and walked right into it and just played the game of basketball. And I also was on a young Oklahoma City Thunder team where we walked into the finals and it was a bit overwhelming. So me watching the Boston Celtics last night, the one thing that I would give them advice on is, yeah, live it up, I mean, embrace this moment, but you have to regroup and remember that at the end of the day, yes, it is the finals, and I know how hard the journey is to get to the finals, but don't get caught up in the moment. Remember, it's still just basketball, because if you don't, then that Golden State Warrior team will be waiting on you. But I didn't see it on both sides, and I experienced it on both sides mm. where a veteran team and a young team, first time going to the finals, they handled it completely different. So I just don't know. I'm ready to see game one. Well, the, the only thing that I, I will say is that, to your point, Perk, when you have veterans that are ready, embrace it. Embrace it is the most important thing. I went to the finals my second year. I didn't go again till my 15th year. Al Horford has been a winner in mm -hmm. this league. Everyone will say that. Everyone, he's won on every level. Yep. This is his first finals appearance in 15 seasons. So, you want to sit here, but you have to embrace it because you might not get another shot, right? The Golden State Warriors are going through, they're so emotional because they didn't know if they were going to get to this spot again, and this is one of the like clear dynasties of our generation. So, yep. To, to more of the Boston, embrace it, but also focus on it like this might be your only shot you ever get to win a championship. Well, Jason Tatum, he might not have NBA Finals experience, right? But last night, he channeled someone who has a, just a little bit of experience mm -hmm. in that department. Tatum, he grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant. Remember, he wore a purple and gold number 24 armband in Game 7. And the Celtics star, he came, he became close with Bryant. Worked out with him several times before Kobe's tragic death. And on Sunday, Tatum scored a team-high 26 points to help propel the Celtics to a 196 win. And after that game, he shared this on Instagram. Take a look. Tatum texted Kobe Bryant's phone number and said, I got you. Take a listen. You know, obviously, that was my, my idol. That was my, you know, inspiration. That was my favorite player. Uh, 
you know, the shoes I wore, or been wearing the last couple games, you know, were, you know, dedicated to him. And today, before I took my nap, I was watching, you know, some film, you know, and, and some moments from him in his career. Uh, you know, this biggest game of my career thus far. And, you know, I want to wear that armband to honor him. You can see the image there. I got you is what he texted Kobe Bryant's number. Bryant, he was a huge inspiration, continues to be an inspiration to Tatum, and he honored him in game seven. All right, we're gonna stick with the Lakers. Still ahead on NBA Today, they have their new head coach, but what does that mean for LeBron and company moving forward? Stick around, more NBA Today after this. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Lakers head coaching search has ended. Woj reported it on Friday. Milwaukee Bucks assistant Darvin Ham agreed to a four-year deal to become the next head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And Ham, he has a history of working with star players, including Giannis Adetokounmpo. And he told ESPN, quote, I'm so happy for him. He's the right fit for them. He keeps it real with you. No BS at all. It's about damn time. He deserves it more than anyone. But what exactly are the Lakers getting in Coach Darvin Ham? He played eight NBA seasons, won a title as a player with the Pistons in 2004, assistant with the Lakers about a decade ago, has been an assistant under Mike Budenholzer since he was with the Hawks and the Bucks, including winning a title last season. I had the pleasure of covering Darvin when I was based in Milwaukee. He is an A-plus human being and an excellent coach. I could not be more excited for him for this position. But for the first time, I want to hear from Cheney and Perk and that other dude on the Lakers head coach <laughs> hired. So, uh, you. I was other dude. You. Oh, me? Other dude. Oh, what I, do you I, think I, I, of the Darvin Ham hire? Oh, I, anytime we can get a bald head, light skin brother on uh, on, on the oh, set, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. That's no, all, all, for today. all kidding aside, <laughs> all kidding aside, Darvin Ham to me, he is one of those guys that has paid his dues. You don't get to the place that he has. Now, I played against him as a player. In that 04 when they won the championship, him and I were battling. And the, if you watch him play, he was a, a hard nosed, I just want to play the game the right way and then you watch his like coaching journey and where he's gone who he's been with when you talk about Budenholzer when you talk about the the crew that he's been with similar to Ime Adoka mm -hmm. right now my only thing about this is it's not a matter whether or not he can coach yep. whether or not he will have the voice it's about that veteran crew and how receptive they will be that is the question and I look forward to seeing that challenge and so far in the reception at least what we're seeing from the outside is that they have the buy-in this is what they wanted they're excited 
excited, they're motivated, and that's exactly what you needed if you're a Los Angeles Lakers player. You have to buy in because your team has a lot of work to do. And, you know, Malika, you gave a grade, and it was A-plus human being. I think this is an A-plus hire. Mm. Just based on his relatability, his experience, his acumen. Also, the most important thing is he's going to be that ultimate voice in a room. When you have a player that's by the name of LeBron James, you have to feel like everyone's bought in on your strategy and working hand-in-hand in LeBron and his basketball IQ. And it seems like he's the type of guy that can get the best of both worlds. Be able to tag team because he's formerly been a teammate, he's been a champion, but also he has that strong presence that will hold them accountable in moments where they really need it. And that is defensively where they were deficient or offensively where they need to actually figure out their roles and identities even though they have players with names on their roster. I love this hire because it seems like it checks every box and now it's all on them to do the work. Mm -hmm. Kendrick? No, I'm with it. And when you think about it, right, when, when you think about coaches around the league now, what do they actually do and what do you actually need them for as far as head coaches? You just need them to hold guys accountable. Like, it's not too many X's and O's. Like, with the exception of Golden State, pretty much the entire league run the same offense, and that's a lot of high pick and roll or a lot of isolation. So what do you need Darvin Ham for? You need him, one, to come in and be that strong voice, to be that leader. Also, to put the key in guys back, like an Anthony Davis, to hold him accountable on the defensive side of things. Again, I talked about what Ime Udoka has brought into and how he's put the key in Jason Tatum back. We're seeing Jason Tatum play with a different type of passion. We're seeing Jason Tatum play with a different type of swag. That's the same thing I expect Darvin Ham to do to Anthony Davis. I think Darvin Ham will have the biggest impact on 8D, and this is why I think it's a great hire. I agree with you, Perk. I, I think he's earned the respect of the players, which is a big deal in Milwaukee, and I certainly expect it in Los Angeles. He's unafraid to challenge, yep. which I think is a, a big key and a component here. He has the experience of having been there, which is something that I think veterans respect mm. a lot. So all of those factors, I think that the stars are aligning here for Darvin Ham. I do want to get a front office perspective on Ham's situation, though, as the Lakers' new head coach. So bringing back in our Bobby Marks here. Bobby, the Lakers front office obviously in charge of putting together their roster the sheer number of roster spots that are open makes this Lakers situation especially unique so what are the top items on Darvin Ham's to-do list so to speak well I think there's two things Malika and I think Chanae hit it on the head I mean there's got to be buy-in from their veterans whether it be Anthony Davis playing the center position or Russell Westbrook changing um, how he plays offensively and even a player like LeBron you know as far as maybe from a maintenance program uh, with regards to his body remember LeBron's got a year Russell Westbrook has a year, and Anthony Davis has three years. Darvin Ham has a four-year contract, so the likelihood is that he's going to be there longer than those three players. And then the second thing is he has to have a seat at the table when it's regards to personnel moves here. Hmm. The Lakers have eight roster spots open. Um, he's got to be the guy who's picking the players, not Rob Palinka in that front office, as far as who he is going to coach. Um, but that's where it comes down to as far as the head coach. Buy-in from your veterans and, and as well as a seat at the table when it comes to personnel. So that's some of the things on his to-do list. Bobby, thank you. All right, guys, we heard Bobby mention that Westbrook is at the top of Ham's to-do list, so to speak. So, Kendrick, what do you think Ham should focus on first and fo foremost as the Lakers' new head coach? Well, I think it should be AD, but if they're going to keep Russell Westbrook, then he has to go to Russell Westbrook and have that conversation with Russell Westbrook and tell Russell Westbrook that he has to have trust 
in the Lakers coaching staff, meaning you have one of the best, if not player development guys over there and feel handy. Hey, look, we know that you're, you're accustomed to doing your own thing, but can you get in the gym and trust the people that we have in place? Trust that I'm going to put you in position to be successful. Trust that I'm going to have the ultimate confidence in you, because if they're going to keep Russ, that's the first issue that they have to address outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Janae. Yeah, I have to agree. You know, I think both of them, you know, Russ and AD, AD is more about, you know, the way that Bobby meant, uh, mentioned LeBron's maintenance. I think it's sort of similar, you know, with AD figuring out a way that works for him to stay on the court and be able to contribute. I do think that piece and the biggest issue for them hampering their offense was Russ, his inability to shoot consistently, especially from three, and trying to find an offensive scheme that sort of works to sort of hide his weaknesses and start showcasing his strengths. He can push it in transition, but what are you looking for when you push? Yeah. How does that work with LeBron James? So I think it's hand in hand finding those plans for all of those players, considering that their main three are the ones locked in. Richard, Kevin Pelton actually wrote a really interesting article about what the Lakers need to do on ESPN Plus. And it was kind of three big takeaways. It was one, get LeBron to kind of buy back into that maintenance, the body maintenance that he needs to do to play at a high level later into the season. Two, make Westbrook understand his role primarily as a screen setter. Number three, maybe have Anthony Davis play at the five a little more so that they could have a shooting five on the floor. Do you you see any of those as the things? Well, I, I think yes, and, and that's part of the buy-in. It, it's but you know, Monty Williams famously said, everything is on the other side of hard. And so how hard is it going to be to convince LeBron James to play less? Oh, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> how hard is it going to be to convince Anthony Davis to play the five? Very he hard. He said he doesn't want to do it. Everybody is, everybody is saying the yep. exact same thing. Anybody with a, a, a semi I think it's possible, though. It is possible. I'm not saying it's not. That's, that's the way the basketball is moving. But it is hard. And Anthony Davis is not dumb. Anthony Davis knows that. But yeah. he sees basketball moving, and he's still saying no. And then Russell Westbrook. We are talking about a first battle Hall of Famer, a 75 greatest, four times average a triple-double. We're talking about an MVP, and we're like, we want you to scream. Right? So this <laughs> right. is what I'm saying. Is like, I understand that he can coach. I understand who they have to focus on, but the job is going to be extremely difficult, and I'm looking forward. Another reason why I'm looking forward, last thing to say, you know everyone in the Laker organization, when they see those Boston Celtics in the finals, they are <laughs> sick. Mm. Make no mistake about L.A. and the L.A. greats. They are sick. So that puts even more pressure on what the Lakers are going to do this summer. All right, before we go to break, mm -hmm. I, I do want to stick with Los Angeles. We have a developing story involving Los Angeles Spark Star Center Liz Cambage. On Sunday, Cambage pushed back against a report from an Australian newspaper that she directed a racial slur toward the Nigerian women's basketball team during a pre-Olympic scrimmage last year in Las Vegas. And the Cambage, who was playing for the Australian women's national team at the time, posted the following statement on Sunday night on Instagram. Quote, the incident that took place in the pre-Olympic scrimmage with the Nigerian national team was handled privately almost a year ago. I'm very disappointed and hurt by the events and accusations that have unfolded in the Australian media. The account of what took place is inaccurate and misleading. I did not use a racial slur toward the Nigerian team that has been circulating. NBA Today continues after the break. for top of the top so I decided that I should probably be on top of a chair I don't know yeah, why I don't know what Richard's she's doing I don't but we're gonna get into top of the top and we're gonna start with the luck of the out don't stand up because I'm gonna fall <laughs> hey there y'all are the same, the same size, size. Let's, let's get go. it 
All right, we're starting here. Check the score, 114, 113. Watch Kevin Durant. Take a look at this. Oh, the spin. Oh. Oh. It was, I thought like, pirouette. way it could have gotten look better, and then pirouette. it got better. No, I'm telling you, is there Caught any, it. I'm not saying that this is foreshadowing, but let's just energy be is about, about to the shift. shift. That energy Brrr. shifted. Oh, can we do a hairline bracket, Richard? Why are you looking at me when you say oh, okay, that? No, All right. I feel like we should with That's him. rude. It's time for that it's top bedside oh, story. Put him to sleep. Let's put him to sleep. Let's night, take night. a look at it. Time to go night, 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 Mark it. Hit him with it. Hey, Treyway. Is that Mark. Jordan Poole going? Treyway. Yes, sir. He's saying Porty. Some people got time of death. Some people got too small. Some people, people got what? Tell them, Steph. Yeah, Tell them night, what they night. got. Time to go night, night. Night, night, baby. Time to go night, night. <laughs> we only there. Oh, oh and that's Chase Center starting to, to starting to come into oh, their own okay. a little bit. All right, let's go ahead to top poster. Oh. You already know. You remember oh, Beasley. Really Beasley. Soaring through the air. Mm -hmm. Oh, bad. My goodness. <laughs> so many finds going to the benches. Did Bam get bammed on? I, I'm just gonna leave that. No, we're at, I'm gonna no. leave that right down okay. there where you put okay. I love this. Woo. Yeah. The entire heat front office is like, yeah, wow. all right, we'll take that on the And gym. the tongue out. Yeah. Oh, little MJ. Okay. There's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing that. you can no. do. Make a way. business decision. All right. Let's go to top high flyer because if we show that, then we have to show this. Oh. Okay. Oh, this is the second ah, best one. Whose baby is that, that Richard? Is, I don't know. Somebody get that Slovenian baby out the street, boy. I love a comeback story. Do that. I, I love what's his name? Moody, 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 I mean, that's got play in Wiggins' career. I don't know, man. Double fist energy. You know you've never been that high <laughs> in the NBA before. It's time for that top knockout. Uh-oh. See that? Uh-oh. Okay. Uh -oh. no, 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 it's not stop. Rumble Jim. <laughs> I like uh, All right, oh. Al Horford. He is not letting his age get to him yeah, okay. at all. Okay, yeah. I down with you. That was Take after that Giannis you. did it to him at the other end, and, and he said, Somebody get that Greek baby out the street. He did like... Oh, here's yeah. that. Okay, I got you. I got, I got you. you. I got you. I got you. Okay. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> nah, Giannis a bad All right, man, we though. didn't do it earlier. I'm going to make you guys do it coming up. Oh, no. It's time for some predictions. Oh, no. Coming up on NBA Today, who's going to win she it all? Who's nothing. going to win final MVP? I'm going to pick this year. Janae said she had something for us. I do. I'm torn. Me too. I don't know what to do. Of course you are. <laughs> We're going to have to after this. <laughs> I had the game for the world, oh, Jesus. Money, oh, You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. So it's been quite the season for the Celtics. I want to take a look back at everything that went into Boston advancing to their 22nd finals Ooh, all time. Wow. So the Celtics, the Warriors, you can take a look here. Ime Udoka, he gets introduced to his press conference, starting a new era for the team. That was June 28th. Let's go ahead. The Celtics, they had a rocky start to the season, remember. They'd start their first seven games, two and five. That included a blowout loss to the Raptors, blowing a lead to the Bulls. And then after the Bulls lost, Market Smart, he had some words about his team's performance. Every team knows we're trying to go to Jason and Jalen. And every team is programmed and studied to stop Jason and Jalen. And I think everybody's scouting report is make those guys try to pass the ball. They don't want to pass the ball. And that's something that they're going to learn. All right, 
well, things didn't get better, at least not immediately. January 6th, the team drops to 18 and 21 after blowing a 25-point lead, giving up a game winner to R.J. Barrett. Things weren't exactly looking up for the Celtics, but then things started to turn around a little bit. The Celtics, they started at the trade deadline, traded away Dennis Schroeder, they acquired Derek White in a separate trade, and then the team went on to finish the season 31-10. and 10. Their great wow. defense during the season, huge plays from Jason Tatum really turned it around. They carried that momentum, remember, into the playoffs. We all saw it. This is still in the regular season, but then in the playoffs, they, they proved to be a force. I agree with Kendrick Perkins. I think they had the most difficult path to where they are now in the finals. The team, they were able to take down two of the best players in the NBA. They swept the Brooklyn Nets. You can take a look at that here. I mean, Richard, this series, it was it was one that who, not very many people saw this as a sweep. Not many people saw it as a sweep, but when, you look, but when you look at how <laughs> disjointed the Brooklyn Nets were, what I like about the Celtics is that they did that what they were supposed to do. They were a great team going against great individuals, and that's what you get. You get a four, you get a four-game sweep. And that's a testament to handling your business early yes. because when you're in two following game sevens it's nice to sweep early because otherwise you could say you're too tired to really match up against a Jimmy Butler that goes crazy. So the Celtics, the Warriors, they split their season series with each team winning one game. However, Boston, they had the upper hand in points and shooting percentage, holding the Warriors to under 100 points per game, which was their fewest against any team this season. I said it earlier in the show, it is happening now. Steph Curry is taking the podium. Let's go to the Bay Area. Steph, now we know it's Boston, so uh, can you give us some uh, high-line ideas of uh, what you think of the team and how they match up with the Warriors? You know, obviously a great team. They're in the finals, and um, they've had a group together, gone through a lot in the last four or five years, had some success early, had to figure out how to sustain it, and now they're here on this stage, so it's going to be a, an amazing test. You got some guys playing a really high level, very well-rounded team. They got size. Um, they've been battle-tested this playoff series or playoff run. So, uh, you know, I, we like the matchup in terms of just confidence going in, knowing that we can win. But there's uh, obvious respect in terms of what they what they present as a team. Uh, Tatum and Brown as the heads of the snake. Marcus Smart does what he does, uh, and you got some vets. You know, you know, obviously Al Horford, who uh, has been in the league a long time, and you know, in, the, in his first Finals appearance. So I'm sure they're motivated, just like we are, and excited to get get things going. Steph, you, you guys got off to a red hot start first couple of months, then hit some bumps January, February, and into March. Did you always believe that even through those bumps, you'd be able to, did you still visualize getting to this point? One thousand percent. But you know, this season is such a marathon and we do our best to try to give more colorful sound bites throughout the year on what that process looks like. But then the day you can't rush it, you can't fast forward. And this definitely was the vision. Um, I think some of those speedbones kind of make made us appreciate the difference in this team in terms of I call it the, I guess the versatility we had a lot of different guys play a lot of different roles and um, we just wanted to get to the playoffs in one piece as much as possible and give ourselves the best chance um, and somehow we obviously made it through this run with, with some injuries but for the most part 
uh, you know, the vision of getting here never. Were you looking at that time though? I mean, Clay comes, Draymond goes out, Draymond comes back, you go out. Did you look at that and think, okay, you know what, we just need to get together? Or did you always feel that once we got together, it would kind of come together? Well, me, Draymond, Clay, Loon, Andre, even, like, there's always a confidence that if we're all out on the floor, good things will happen. We know how, we know each other so well, so we didn't really need reps. But, it, you know, the, the entire ro ro – what's the rotation going to look like? That was always the question, um, you know, once you got to the playoffs because you had a lot of different options, a lot of different ways to go. And um, the blessing and the curse of having that for, for Coach Kerr to try to figure that out on the fly. So, um for us, you know, the core guys that have been around, been through this, there's always confidence in what we can do on the floor. And then each series, you know, these last, you know, four or five weeks have shown a little bit different uh, opportunity for different guys to step up. And it's been awesome to see. Steph, you, you touched on this a little bit um, the other night, but can you talk a little bit about how different this journey is? When you first went, I've seen some pictures, you guys were, you looked like such babies in 2015, and and you had a little kid. Now you have bigger kids. You have three of them. Can you just talk about the perspective of being kind of a grown-up and going through this, and how different it is from what what it was eight years ago? You know, life's different. Different balances that you uh, try to master on and off the court. Um, I don't know. I think it's probably more just an appreciation, a different level of appreciation of what it takes to get to the stage than it did the first time because you really have no idea until you do it. Um, and kind of my question is just more of a uh, pressure and a weight and an expectation that you carry all year, knowing this word, what it takes to get, try to get here and what you have to do, the sacrifice it takes. We're going to get there Thursday night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on ABC ESPN Radio. The Celtics taking on the Warriors. Our Game 1 coverage tips with NBA Countdown at 8.30 Eastern. NBA Today will be back in just 60 seconds. Cheney, I want to know. What you got for us? Cheney, I, I hear you might have a cheat sheet for us. You know what it is. It's been a while, but we're back. It's been a while. Roll me my tape, producer Quake Coop, baby. Let's get it. Cheney takes the lob and finishes. The beautiful play there. Cheney rips it. Oh, for two. Cheney. Here he Cheney knocks down the triple. Good, good in that purple and gold. She's our splash sis, and she's <laughs> back. She's with us through the finals. We missed you. That's what all that is to say. Oh the cheat sheet gosh. is we missed you. We will yeah. be back tomorrow. NFL Go Live is coming up next. still here, bro. Go away. I love it. Producer Go Greg Henry, I love you. Yeah. And Lily does well.